You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher, and joined by Michael Tulip, our Illini Enquirer basketball analyst. And we talked to Mike a couple weeks ago previewing the offseason. Boy, a lot has happened, including in the last 24 hours, as Illinois adds two uh, fifth-year transfer players, Marcus Domask from SIU Carbondale, uh, first-team All-Missouri Valley Conference wing. And then late last night, Justin Harmon, Utah Valley guard, originally from Chicago Curry Metro High School here in Chicago. Uh, He decides to transfer to Illinois. So the roster has changed a little bit, but there's still a lot to play out. So, Mike, I want to give you the floor here in a little bit, but you've watched some of these guys. Um, I want to go big picture at some point, but I kind of want to whittle in on each of these guys individually. But first of all, how are you? It's been kind of a whirlwind the last couple weeks. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time we hopped on the pod, whether it was two weeks ago, which in portal years <laughs> or portal weeks, that's probably about eight weeks. Um, so we got a lot to catch up on. There's a lot that's happened, a line eye and not a line eye. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about the Big Ten later. There's a huge Big Ten commitment last night uh, transferring in. So we'll talk about that at some point as well. But let's start with the, the first one, Marcus Damask from Southern Illinois. Really productive player in four years, really developed his body, really developed his game while he was at Southern Illinois, a Wisconsin native. Chooses Illinois over Wisconsin and several other, Notre Dame, um, some other options as well. What do you think he brings? What's your scouting report on him? Yeah, well, when you go into synergy and the, the way I like to do evaluations, you can really cherry pick things in synergy, right? You go in, they tell you exactly average, below average, excellent. And then you can just go in and drill into that. But especially for a guy like Damas, you got to watch the whole game. And that's how I evaluate. Like, I watch full games. Um, and someone like him in particular, you have to. Because that's how you really see the value that he brings. Look, he's he's tough. He's versatile. He's uber-skilled. And, and he doesn't disrupt. And what I mean by that is because of all that he can do and because he's so efficient doing what he does – he can be just as impactful without taking away from others. And that's a really, really important point to hit on because when you're getting these guys out of the portal, you know, if you go out and the first two guys you get are super high-volume, ball-dominant guys, then maybe when you're trying to get this future lead guard, they're looking at that saying, well, where is the actual opportunity for me? So Damask, look, even defensively, right, he guarded bigs in the Missouri Valley. Uh, he'd get switched on to, to smaller guys and – and he'd hold his own there. But uh, his IQ, uh, 
his ability to read the floor, both offensively and defensively. You see him defensively. He's pointing. He's talking. He's switching. He's he's got all of that. And there's certain things that he possesses that was just there. It was missing this year. And uh, I mean, I think of a guy like Demonte defensively, where Big Ten fours like maybe you're a little undersized. He's got a little bit more size than Demonte. Yeah. Um, probably a lot more size than Demonte, honestly but uses his leverage and finds leverage on the glass against a lot of guys in Missouri Valley that were bigger than him. And, uh, and you can see just the, the focal point that he was in Southern Illinois' offense, not from a sense of we're dialing up plays for you every time down, but we're going to use you as a bit of a fulcrum because of your decision-making. I always like to say you know, the, the telltale sign and the trust that you have from your staff, who's taking it outside out, who's taking it out full court when there's a press, Who's taking it out baseline inbounds? And it was Damask. Like that's that's the trust that he had from Mullins at Southern Illinois. So it, I, I think it's a it's a tremendous ad, really, um, and one that I know may not be the sexiest yeah. ad or the biggest name, but I, I think he's going to add a lot to this team. Mike, obviously, he's a skilled player. You hit on it. Just does a lot of things well that Illinois did not do well this past year. But what is his transition going to be like going up a level? Obviously, against longer, better athletes. And, and just uh, better teams. And I, I don't want to say completely better coaching, but this is a top-tier coaching league. Yeah, and I, I don't know if he has Big Ten athleticism, and I'm not really sure that matters. Hmm. I think he has a he has a Big Ten body. Yeah. He really does. I mean, he is all of what looks like 6'6", 210. Um, you know, big legs. Like, he's he's got all that. But the – the tricky part when guys move up a level, right? Mid-major to high-major. And I, I think back, and there's something that stuck with me from uh, not to not to liken this Illinois team right. to the Redeem team, but something Coach K said when those guys came and played on the Redeem team was, I need your egos. Like the egos you had on your team in the NBA, I need them here because that's how we can maximize who we are as a team. Like I, we need all of you to be as confident as you are when you're on your previous team. And that, and that goes for a guy like Damas. Like, we are we are bringing you in because off of what we're seeing, the confidence that you play with, right? You know, the decision-making. Decision-making stems from confidence. Mm-hmm. And, his, and his value and what he brings to the table, he can't come in second-guessing himself because he becomes less of a player, and it's not the player that they went after. So that's – and Harmon's the same thing, right? Like, you have to have these guys that come up a level – and, and really feed them and say, not necessarily feed them the ball, but feed them confidence and, and make them feel like they belong, because they do. We've seen it all over the country, and we saw it on display in the NCAA tournament. Uh, all these guys that come from the mid-major level, I mean, even take Penn State, uh, Jalen Pickett, Sienna, Andrew Funk, Bucknell, Cameron Winter, uh, Drexel. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of guys that, uh, you know, the team that beat you three <laughs> times this year um, was a team that, that was comprised of a lot of mid-major transfers. So, um, it's going to be an adjustment. It's always an adjustment. Um, and, and you're not going to have the same responsibilities uh, exactly that you had at your previous stop. But uh, both these guys, and especially Damas, like Damas is a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly feel like you can drop him on, drop him on a lot of courts uh, in, in the country and, and he'll perform. Hate to do it to you. Got any comps? Well, I, I think your Greasel comp is, is pretty spot on, right? I think mm-hmm. he can do a lot of things. Greasel's a guy that you know, we'll kind of Barkley or back down and yeah. um, get in that that kind of mid post or long post. And I, I think about the Matthew Meyer wedge action that they ran last year where they kind of just 
had an up screen and, and, and put him in that spot. And it's not just because he can be a threat on potential rip drives and, and maybe getting to the line where he's an 87% free throw shooter, but he's such good vision. And, and that's where he really elevated a lot of those Southern Illinois guys with, with his ability to pass. So I think, I think Greasel is a guy that's uh, pretty spot on there because he can, Damask can come off in ball screens. Um, it's not the most efficient thing he does, but he's capable right. of it. And uh, I think all that is, is a positive. So I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll take your, your Greasel comp. <laughs> yeah. The reason I said that one is because the body um, and, and the skill set, right? Like he, he can, yeah. he's a versatile piece. And I thought Greasel brought that from the mid-major level and translated it pretty well to the big 10. Let's move on to the, the guard they added here. And Justin Harmon, Chicago kid, I think it's going to be really important. Uh, it's going to be meaningful for him to play at Illinois. Um, not the most efficient player, but what do you see in, in Justin Harmon that he can bring to Illinois? Yeah, I, I like him. He's, I mean, he's another good piece. I see him as more of a rotational piece. Um, I see him as a guy that you can bring off the bench and, and really add some um, add a dynamic element to your to your second unit. Uh, and this is a guy that is super capable of, of scoring and can give you a punch in that way. The big thing for him is going to be simplification. Mm-hmm. And look, offensively, he's, he's not a multi-read guy. He struggled with turnovers this year. I think he had seven or eight games this year this year with, uh, with four-plus turnovers. And um, all that comes from having to process too much. And guys can really maximize their abilities when – they have defined roles and are simplifying things uh, offensively. So for him, you know, it's it's rip drives, it's it's catch and shoot. Uh, he was able to find some success in in transition this year, and and certain actions to get him to that right hand. I mean, I even think about his game against Colorado in the NIT. His first twelve points of that game, um, not like they were dialing a ton up, a ton up for him. Trey Woodbury was really their guy, um, or, or a guy that they they, I guess used more in the offense and Harmon was a guy that got three rip drives in the first half Woodbury drew two kick like Shannon could right or if Shannon returns um draw two kick catch and shoot and then he had a hit ahead in the second half for another three and those are 12 points of his 19 points that I think are that type of stuff's translatable he's a super confrontational driver and um look defensively I think he needs to really be dialed in um I think he's a good defender. Uh, I'm not sure he's as good a defender as I've seen advertised. Uh, I think he has a, a propensity at times to be just extremely upright mm-hmm. on that end and and stand a little bit. And part of that is when you have that type of role, there's there's a conserving energy element to it where uh, you know you're playing 30 plus minutes a game, and and it remains to be seen what what type of role he he has for Illinois because let, let's call it spade a spade there's still some stuff that needs to play out yeah. in terms of potential returners and, and adding guys into the portal. But, um, but I do like what he brings. And, and I think the thing that the staff likes the most is not only just that he's a Chicago kid and that this means something to him, but this is a guy that plays with some bite and, and plays with some toughness. And uh, that's not only been in, from what I've heard, that's not only been endorsed by from Terrence, that's been endorsed by IO as well. And, and that's, <laughs> you know, that, that means a lot. So um, we, we talk about these these high major to high major transfers and hey you know what are your motives what are your reasons for coming and and you know these are two mid-major guys that I think really are, are hungry to prove themselves and and for this guy in particular it's it means a lot to him to come home can can you expound on that Mike because I feel like that is a factor here like one they need depth so like everybody looking for the home run 
transfer. I get it because we'll see what happens with Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins here, but this team has a lot of holes to fill with Jade Neps, and I don't think we've talked to you since RJ Melendez left. They needed players they could count on, and I think Damask is certainly that. And with Harmon, you at least know this guy can produce a Division One level and could be a two-way player, and you're going to get toughness out of him because there were times this season toughness was a problem with this team. Agreed, and I think you address those things. I, I think Damask is a guy that, because of what he does, and look, I had a couple Missouri Valley coaches text me after he committed, and one in particular sent three texts. It was, those guys are going to love him. The second one was smart as shit. <laughs> and the third one was, he kicked our ass. And that's kind of the sentiment that I've heard around you know opposing coaches that have gone against him. And one of the other things that a coach texted me was, he will never get you beat. Like, he will never get you beat. I mean, he is in the right spot defensively. He's talking defensively. He, he makes all the reads offensively. And, and it's, it's not just the skill set. It's the stability that gives you. And Which you is not a, a word like, we, not a word we used with this team. A lot no. This and, and I think that's why Luke Goody stands out so much. Because when he comes in there, I mean, he's a guy that doesn't make a ton of mistakes. But now when you add more guys like that, there's more guys on the team that have to fall in line. Like, I cannot make mistakes because if I make mistakes – the ones that aren't making mistakes are going to play. And so when you have guys that are all over the place and a little bit of effort here, but not so much here, like there's more avenues for guys to sneak in. And man, that's why, that's why I look at a guy like Damask and even Harmon, just the toughness that he plays with. Um, it's only going to raise the level of play. I think about, I mean, think about UConn winning the national championship. Do you think when Tristan Newton committed from East Carolina, they were like, we got our guy. This is it. Nailed it, A plus portal. No, but he was he was a really important reason, a, a really important factor in winning a national championship, and that's what that's how you kind of have to look at it, and and that's the approach that the staff is taking because like I talked about before, that's the psychology mid major to high major. Yep. It's not I wasn't getting this here. I want to play point guard. I want this. I want that. Or strictly nil. If these guys just want to come and and hoop and play in the NCAA tournament. Because when you play at the mid-major level, or if you're Utah Valley and you're up 20 points with four minutes left or whatever whatever it was against Southern Utah and lose, and that's it. Yep. And then even in, in Utah Valley's conference, you win the league and you, you're not even the one seed because of this weird formula they have <laughs> that factors in your non-con... Like it's, these guys just want to go play at the highest level and they'll do whatever they can to do that. And, and, that, and that comes with playing the right way and both these guys do that. I want to get more into what Underwood is doing, big picture here, Mike, but this is part of the plan. These are the first moves. Yeah. They are not the only moves. Um, so how do you feel like these guys fit into what will be the overall offseason plan here? Yeah, I think it's it's a good way to address needs right off the bat. Right? We want a little more bite. Maybe you want more of a scoring punch off the bench. Boom, Harmon. We want more stability. We need better free throw shooting, better outside shooting, better catch and shoot guys, Damask. Like, you know, there were some struggles that we had defensively where Coleman's having to run around and cover up a ton. Now you have guys like Damask where a guy like him, he's not like Tony Allen. You know, he's not just going to 100% guard his yard every single time. 
but what he covers up. And that's why you have to watch the film on him because there's certain things you can filter in defensively for synergy. But they're not going to pick up everything that he does. Mm-hmm. And that's why the full game shows like, boom, this rotation, this help, this all these little things he does, it's going to raise the level of play for your defense as a whole. And so, boom, you do all that. And now when you want the knockout punch, right, when you go and get that lead guard and maybe Terrence has announced that he's coming back by then or maybe he's gone or maybe – like there's there's certain things that you can pitch that I think is really attractive um, for, for these guys that are coming in. So uh, that's why you have to be patient with this. Um, there's going to be guys that are – in the NBA draft process right now that are going to enter the portal. And and I think they're quietly positioning themselves uh, to do some damage towards towards the back end of, of this, I guess, portal period. Yeah. There's a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, it's a, it's a Tuesday morning on a work day, and uh, we have about 250 people live streaming this on YouTube. So thank you to all you guys for, for doing this. We enjoy doing this. We'll take some of your questions, but hit that like button, hit the subscribe button if you are on the YouTube channel. And if you're listening back on the podcast, uh, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube as well. Mike, uh, I can't help but notice both these guys are one-year guys. Two weeks ago, we talked about, man, maybe getting multi-year guys the way to go in the transfer portal. Uh, I have my own theory about this. But I do think these guys fit no matter who you're going to add, right? But I also think if I'm Brad Underwood and I think Coleman Hawkins is coming back and I think there's a chance Terrence Shannon's coming back, I want to make a run with those guys. I'm trying to put together the best team possible for one year. So that's where my mind wanders with adding a couple one-year guys. Yeah, and look, you you got to get old um, in this day and age in college basketball. And especially, too, like – not only do you want to get old, you want to have what, what comes along with experience is just competency. Um, you know, around these guys have been through a lot in college basketball, especially the guys that have come from the mid mid major level. I mean, there's you know, maybe they haven't played night in and night out in you know, 17,000 seat arenas, but uh, I mean, for a, it's important to be able to go to Evansville and still bring it right yeah. when there's 800 people in the gym and. That's the guys that when you bring in, it's all non-negotiable, right? Like, or it's unconditional. Like, I don't care, man. I, I went and played in empty gyms and I still had to bring it. So what? it's no different now. And it's, and it's probably even more, more exciting for them being able to come into that. But um, look, I, I think it's something Coleman addressed specifically, right? Like, I, I want to play with older guys. You know, we don't, we don't have time to rely on freshmen and and wait for this period of development to try to hit our stride and kind of risk by the end of the year being like we hope it all worked out you want you know someone that's already kind of had their poc right their proof of concept and and both these guys have had a proof of concept uh at at this point so you want them like i said to be their most confident self 
and and like I said, what we're watching on film, that's what we need you to bring. Uh, so all that's extremely important. So uh, I mentioned the the bring your ego thing, and I, when I say ego, I don't mean ego ego. I just mean your your confidence yeah. and and what made you a good play at your last stop. So uh, that's the benefit of having guys that although they're one year, uh, you know those are those are guys that you can kind of. I, I want to say churn and burn, but you can go and get a few more one-year guys next year and just keep doing this thing. So I want to address this. Caleb uh, messaging early said, I feel like the best analogy here so far with the portal is last year we went for the home run hitters. This year we're going for the guys who get on base. And, and while I understand that, like, Mike, the transfers last year weren't the problem. Like, the transfers were the reason you got to the NCAA tournament. Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer. And listen, I know the Matthew Meyer roller coaster, but he helped you win games as well. I understand maybe under like, unlike Damask, he at times could take away from his teammates. But when you can score 20 points um, and carry a team, sometimes that happens. So you rode that roller coaster. We've gone over that. But the problem was youth, right? Like, and, and that you bet on youth and you bet on making them happy with playing time and developing and that blew up kind of in your face for the most part. I know Sincere Harris, Ty Rogers had some moments, but RJ Melendez did not take the leap. Lou Goody got hurt. Sky Clark leaves. Uh, Jade Neps with the injury, but also he leaves after a year. So I, I know we're kind of looking at this transfer portal as a reaction. Listen, I think Brad Underwood would take another Terrence Shannon if, if one you know was available and Terrence decides to leave. So um, I don't know. I get that response, but I also think this is more of a response to the youth issues last year. Yeah. And I think it just balances your team out more. Yeah. I mean, to, to stick on the baseball analogy, that's why you can't have a team full of home run hitters or you can't have a team full of like Adam Dunn's where, you know, you're just, <laughs> you're just hitting home runs or you're striking out. Um, Flashbacks. Nightmares. Yeah. I mean, you need to have, yeah, I wasn't pandering to, to the White Sox <laughs> uh, guy on the pod here, but you can't, you can't just have guys that are just these high ceiling guys. You need to have guys that it's a good point. Just, just kind of getting on base, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but have that potential, right? Like I think Damascus is a guy that, um, you know, has potential to probably outperform what people's expectations are. Um, but you always seem to have balance. I mean, I mean, look at that. UConn was a masterclass this year in, in terms of roster construction, right? They, the, the freshmen that they did have, um, they utilized, Sparingly, I mean, even Donovan Klingon. I mean, Donovan Klingon could probably waltz into the Big Ten and be fifteen and nine. Yeah. Um, but he played behind Sonogo, and then you got you got a big, and you got Hawkins, who's a shooter, and you got Andre Jackson, who can set the table and facilitate. I mean, you had balance to what you did, and I think that's more of what Illinois is going after. Yeah. We need balance, right? We need balance all the way across. We can't have just the fifth year and the freshman because. You know, the fifth-year guys, this may just be a stepping stone for them. And the freshman guys, you know, freshmen are naturally just kind of in their own head and trying to figure out what's what's going on with them all year. And, you know, Luke Goody's out all year. So you, you that's why there was so much instability where now you bring some really, really solid, stable pieces. And that will just accentuate the talent that you have. So if, if Terrence Shannon comes back, and if you want to call Terrence a home run hitter um, – it's it's better because he's complimented by guys that that do get on base and that do kind of all those little things and yeah. allow him just to play his role. Yeah. So Caleb, good comment. I, I agree with part of it, but I just think you know the youth was huge issue last year. And Brad Underwood, I think after last year, wants to be much older and as you said, Michael, more balanced throughout the roster. Um, speaking of that, 
How does this impact these two additions, the guys who are returning? Rodgers, Harris, Goody. I would call most of those, even Goody, who's going to be a junior, a little bit unproven at this level, Mike, just because they haven't played a ton. Um, so how, how do you think it impacts those guys? Competition's good, man. Every good college basketball team, every great college basketball team has an element of competition. And these guys need that. Uh, you don't ever want to come into a year, especially as a freshman or a freshman that's sp- played sparingly and be like, oh, wow, now I'm just the guy or now I'm one of the top three guys. Like that usually doesn't bode well for your team. There needs to be more of a natural progression. But, you know, I think it it, it raises everybody's level of play, like I mentioned. And um, I, I'll go back to what I said about Damask, right? This is a guy that doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And now there's more accountability. There's more onus on, on the guys to, to mimic that if they want to get playing time. So, uh, and both those guys are so tough and they play hard. And uh, it's not just when it feels good or it's not super conditional. So um, I, think it's, I, I think it's good. I think, but also too, I mean, you look at Goody, Harris, and Rogers similar to Damas, like those guys are also kind of chameleons Yeah, where, you know, given the situation, they can go in and are super low maintenance and they play hard. They, they play the right way. And you can see there's a, there's a trend here, right? Like we're getting guys that we do not have to worry about in those, in that department. And if you don't have to worry about that, then you can coach basketball. That's what you think about with Underwood too. Yes. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. Like that's, that is how can I go and get guys that I can coach? Like I want to be able to coach basketball. I want to be able to get on guys without feeling like I got to walk on eggshells or feeling like the next thing I say could put a guy into the portal because let's be honest, Jeremy. Yeah. That is the, that is the world we're living in right now where you got to be careful and with what you say. And I'm, and I'm not sure that is, the most optimized Brad Underwood. Yeah, and to be honest with you, one year guys, you don't got to worry about it. No, I mean it's, it doesn't work out. All right, see ya. So, yeah, I so saw that's that's another benefit to it. Um, but but look, I, I think like I said, competition's good. Uh, these guys are all going to be better for it. And look, I think that's what you want. Uh, I I had plenty of times when I was at Illinois where we brought Jalen Brunson. We brought you know we brought a lot of guys onto campus. And this is more prep, but we brought Dylan Ennis onto campus. Uh, you know, a guy transferred from Villanova. He ended up at Oregon. But you have to let all of your insecurities go. Because I, I'm telling you, if you walk into the locker room and have everybody raise their hand for who wants to win, everybody's going to raise their hand. So when you say, hey, we are adding guys that help us do that, what's the issue? What's the issue? So... That's, you know, it, it's yeah. something that is near and dear to my heart um, because I, I just think that there can be too much of that, of like, oh, how's this going to affect my position? I get it. You have to be selfish and with yeah. your own position, but at the same time, like you came here to play for Illinois oh. and and to win. And man, that, I'm telling you, like that takes personal is, sacrifice, right? Like, if if that's really what you want, like, I think we can put this into any field, any profession, whatever yeah. it is. Like, if your company's bringing in somebody that's really good, you might be like, oh, well, where's that put me? Well, it might put your company 
in a better place to succeed, which puts you in a better place to shine and puts you in a better chance and a better role, right? So that can be tough to take because maybe you're not the number one guy everyone's looking at, but if it means you're on the number one team, everyone might be looking at you more anyway. And some guys, they it's hard to tell guys this and it's hard for guys to understand this, but some guys are are me- like as basketball players they are meant to play a certain role not everybody just has this natural progression into just having the ball in their hands the entire game and taking shots i mean everybody some people just want to work their way to that but how can you be the best basketball for and, and basketball player and, and how can you stay on the floor and and for some of these guys especially some of these returners it's not about adding to your game or i need to do this or i need to do that it's what are you good at become great at it yeah because that's how you help the team and and that gets lost on a lot of that gets lost on a lot of players and sometimes that's who's in your ear that's your friend oh man you were you were hooping in high school bro like you were doing it like that's not what you are at this level and i'm not even talking about anyone in particular it's just it's it's just all over college basketball and i get out of breath talking about it because uh, you know the teams that win and the teams that go to Final Fours, the team that win, the teams that win national championships, figure that out. And the teams that sink and the teams that kind of dissipate and fizzle out are the teams that keep wanting to try to drive home roles that aren't theirs. And the sooner that you can figure that out, and the sooner the sooner you know who you are as a player, and then go and maximize that, the better your team is. Well said. All right, Mike. We know the number one addition to this team likely needs to be a league guard and some options are dwindling ace baldwin as expected follows mike rhodes to penn state from vcu Um, we've seen some other options come off the board here in recent weeks lj crier as expected goes to houston Uh, so so what do you make of this because the portal's not done we're seeing more more and more players you've mentioned the nba draft so we'll be interesting over the coming weeks uh, where Illinois goes and if they already know where they're going to go. Yeah, I think patience is good. I think patience is good, especially if it's a position where you're like, man, we got to nail this. Yeah. And it's not just panic, first guy that enters the portal, go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there two weeks later like, man, this guy makes even more sense. So I think they're approaching it the right way where they're filling in these other needs to where they can they can almost pitch a more whole in a in more of a collective, yeah, uh, to a potential lead guard. Your your, you know, your pitch got better, right, with Damask and, and Harmon because those guys can help you, and then we'll see what happens with Shannon and Hawkins, obviously. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's that's the beauty of how they've constructed these first two ads and and why they make so much sense because not only are you thinking about a lead guard, I mean, does Shannon return? Does Hawkins return? And I, I think it's what's cool about it is none of that impacts the other. Like I, like I, and what I mean by that is you can bring in a lead guard, and it shouldn't be a situation where Terrence is like, "Shoot, I'm not coming back." He, right. Terrence needs that. Yes, that unlocks more of Terrence, and and I think Terrence knows that, and and that's that's part of why these guys have played so out of role this year. Um, I think we like a lot with a lot of what Terrence does. I think we like a lot of what Coleman does, but I think both of them can potentially raise their stock even more coming back. If they're with somebody that can set the table 
and if they're with somebody to kind of put them in better positions to succeed. So that's, you know, I, I'm glad that Illinois didn't panic as soon as guys were leaving or rushed to go pick up this guy or pick this guy. And because you see a lot of teams out there in the portal that are just like, get the talent, bring them in, we'll figure it out. And I think, I think Illinois has a plan right yeah. now and, and they're, they're being methodical about it in a good way. And I think it's going to pay off when another guy enters the portal or, or if there's, uh, I know there's been certain names floating around where if they could enter the portal, that maybe that's the type of guy they go after. And um, and I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see it play out here in the coming weeks, but uh, they put themselves in a good position. Yeah, I don't think, as you were saying, I don't think a lead card um, makes the sell worse to Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins. I think it only increased the chances of those guys coming back. And those guys are in the loop, right? They, they know what's happening here. And Coleman's already expressed that. Terrence is retweeting things, still working out with the team. So... Man, I mean, lead guard is still the biggest story, but the fact that you were sitting here on April 11th and think Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins, like, I would bet one of those guys the worst comes back, Mike, and starting to get a little bit more bullish that both of them could come back. Like, all of a sudden, you start to put that together, and it's all, all got to play out, but the possibility of that along with a guard, along with the two guys you've added, along with certain guys coming back, that could be a pretty dang good Big Ten roster. Yeah, look, and times have changed, right? I think the only thing that that may prevent Terrence from coming back is if he gets a Caleb Houston promise, right? I mean, the Orlando Magic promised Caleb Houston, and then he left. Yeah. And I don't know, that that top 40, that 40 to 45 range is a super tricky range. Uh, guys can slide in that range, and, and it's much more appetizing – and appealing now to come back to college basketball. We saw Kyle Filipkowski come back this morning. I mean, that's that's yeah. a guy that, you know, if you wanted a reason for Terrence Shannon to come back or if you think that makes no sense for him to come back, I mean, Filipkowski was almost probably going to be a lottery pick, and he's coming back. Um, gone are the days of, of guys that are like, I have to go because I risk something by going back to college for another year. I mean, not everyone is built like Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> where you're 14 a game and you win the title in 06 and you're a projected top five pick in that week 06 draft. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, screw it. Let's go back for another year. And he goes back for another year and wins another title and then ends up sliding and being like the ninth pick overall. And it still worked out for Joe Kim Noah, right? So I think for a lot of these guys, you know, you, you, can, you can benefit from coming back. And not only can you benefit financially, but there's, there's certain guys that I think can raise their stock even more and and I think Terrence and Coleman are both fall into that category yeah and for Filipowski for Coleman for Klingon from UConn like those guys are maybe late first early second mid second you know Coleman might be late second right but if you come back for another you know what people are talking about is it maybe the worst draft in 10 years next year like all of a sudden you could be a lottery pick right so like that that's that's also playing into the calculus of this uh, any other thoughts on Illinois before I, I change to the Big Ten, Mike? I mean, there's been a lot of departures. Um, yeah, we, RJ leaving. I'm, I'm really interested to see where he goes, man. Yeah, and and to hit on this quickly, because this is also something that I'm pretty passionate about, and you and I, I think we're talking about this before we got on, but I, I, I would just really like to – not that it's any of my business where a guy goes or what he wants to do with his career, but – um, I would just really like to see RJ go where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder and, you know, maybe it's a, a mountain West, maybe it's an American where 
man, here is my role, and I'm going to go and I'm going to hoop. Because that's when RJ is at his best. When RJ is confident in his role, he is at his best. And I'm not sure that if he goes to an SEC school that things are going to be a whole lot different. What I don't understand, right, this is what I don't get about college basketball, is guys will go pick places because guys look like them there. And what I mean by that is like, RJ, 6'7", long, rangy, athlete. Man, it makes so much sense that he's going to the SEC. Does it? How, how does it make sense that you're going to a place where everybody looks like you do? Yeah. When everybody has what if, you have. If you're a dime a dozen, yeah. Whereas you sh- what, what should happen, Brandon Podjemski, go somewhere where what you have is an asset. Go somewhere where what you have is of value – because you're, that's only going to help you not only in your development, confidence, your role, and your professional prospects. Like that's, that's to me, the, the biggest issue right now in college basketball is everybody is looking five feet in front of them, right? Like where's the next NIL? Where can I get the next? And then you'll come up for air at the end of your career and realize you didn't put yourself in the best position for your professional career. Brandon Podzemski did that. And, and he's, and he's benefiting from it greatly. I mean, he's a guy that may hear his name called on June 22nd. Amazing. So the, it, guys are chasing and chasing and chasing and here NIL, but, and I, I think it's such short-term thinking and not, I'm, I'm not saying this about RJ Melinda. I mean, he hasn't even picked a, picked a spot, yeah. but at the same time, like there's everybody wants to go high major to high major. Where's my next role? There's been a lot of use cases, guys. Kendrick Nunn. I know some of that was out of Kendrick's hands and right. some of that was f- forced on him. But K- Kendrick Nunn might not be in the NBA if he doesn't transfer to a to a mid-major and, and just plays his game and has the keys. So put a lot of value in that. But, you know, some guys – some guys have more more short-term thinking. Yeah, put the ball in his hands and, and look how he developed. It was, it was pretty amazing. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, kudos to Brandon Pajimski. I, I don't think he's an NBA draft prospect if he goes to another high major, and that's not belittling him. It's just about he made the right choice for his personal development at a place where they would put him in a position to succeed, and kudos to that staff at Santa Clara, and kudos to Potts because, boy, um, he shined, and, and we could see that in the NBA draft. All right, Mike, but before I let you go, I want to ask you a lot of movement here in the Big Ten, some big names going to the Big Ten. Um, Caleb Love to Michigan. Uh, ben Cricky from Valpo goes to Iowa. And, of course, Khalil Ware goes to Indiana. What, what move intrigues you most so far of a transfer coming into the Big Ten? I mean, I think Caleb Love is the most intriguing, right? I mean, I think he's probably the, the biggest name coming into the conference off the top of my head Michigan's shot selection is going to go down a little bit um but he's a he's a really dynamic guard I mean he's a guy that can can drop 30 on you in the blink of an eye and uh and and you know Michigan's done a really good job over the years as much as they've maybe underperformed in some areas part of that's been they've they've lost guys to the league they've Mm -hmm. had to go in and kind of restart uh so you know Caleb Love I'm sure he sees it Hey, this is a, a a program that's that's pumped out a lot of NBA talent, and and he's a guy that has some work to do in terms of kind of uh, his image, right, yeah. and, and his image around his professional prospects and what type of guy he is and where he fits in at the next level. So uh, I think that's a, that's a big pickup, and 
you know, Iowa going after uh, another big uh, is is not surprising with Rubacha. I think moving on, yeah. I, I mean, he's like 26, right? He's got to be done. Um, so, so totally makes sense there. I know they got another kid from Belmont as well. Um, and and where's where's intriguing? Um, I'm intrigued to see. There. Yeah, I'm trying to see how he and Sparks play together. Um, Peyton Sparks, the transfer from Ball State, more of a Dane Danger type player. Um, I'm interested to see how that all works out. Listen, Ware has as high of a ceiling as anybody that might transfer in, in this portal, but underachieved as, as a freshman with a, with a ton of hype. So certainly a lot of talent, but I'm interested to see how that all works out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sparks plays more this year. That wouldn't That, <laughs> that was actually a question I was going to ask you. Who honestly, was, I, I honestly think yeah. that's more likely yeah. um, because you know what you're getting with him. You're projecting a lot with Ware, mm-hmm. and this is not only a, a guy that has underachieved in some areas, and I think was Oregon's eighth leading scorer. Um, not that not that that's his only impact, but you know Mike Woodson's going to have to bring a lot out of him, and I know what Mike Woodson can be tough too. So um, that remains to be seen, right? I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what Dana Altman's thoughts were. Uh, on where, but certainly a guy that also has some repairing to do in terms of his image if he wants to get to the next level. So uh, we know for a fact that uh, that is a fan base and that is a, a program where if you do underperform and if you do come in with high expectations and don't meet those, it can be a tough place to play. Very similar to Illinois, uh, right? You know, there this is fan bases can get on you and fan base bases can clown you for for lack of a better phrase if, if you're not performing so um oregon basketball probably not as rabid as <laughs> as indiana basketball and i think those guys will will figure that out but that's what makes the the big 10 so great and and i think you know indiana's not done um no they are man they've rolled out this this new kind of nil collective and they are throwing it around so we'll see if they land a guy like dalton connect and he'd be huge uh, like that would be their biggest addition yeah that'd be a massive get and uh for for losing two guys to the nba draft in in jackson davis and hood shafino and you lose bates and geronimo uh they're putting themselves in a good position to have some some stability and and be able to reload a little bit to compete next year yeah i don't want to I don't think this is a move that's going to change the Big Ten title race because they have some rebuilding to do with the new coach, but Mike Rhodes getting Ace Baldwin is massive. Like, two years, potentially, of that guy leading your program. Like, it's amazing the run of point guards Penn State has had, you know, the last 15 years. Um, Yeah, I mean, Taylor Battle and Tony Carr, Shep Garner, if you want to call Shep Garner a point guard, Jalen Pickett, I mean... I'm probably I, I think I'm missing a big one. Uh, Tim Frazier. Tim Frazier, yeah, that was, uh, I was thinking of. another one. I'm probably missing some other ones. I mean, DJ Newbill was kind of a, a combo oh, guard. I mean, they've had there's been talent that's that's come through there. And uh, but when, it, when you talk also, about starting a culture, starting like restarting it, and boy, Ace Baldwin's just the exact kind of Penn State point guard we've seen through Chambers, now through Shrewsbury, and now with Mike Rhodes. Like that's that that's a good start to that that new era i guess i mean there's a reason i mean it sounded like illinois was was pretty interested in a guy like baldwin and rugged uh tough i mean he's a defensive player of the year i think he was player of the year and defensive player of the year uh in the a10 so uh, and that's a really good league that's a league that i think kind of gets overlooked 
a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a influx of talent coming into the conference, and I think I think Illinois is going to continue to add to that. Is Michigan State winning the offseason right now? <laughs> See, I go back and forth on this because I think sometimes, you know, we did this. I'm not likening Michigan State to Indiana. last year's North Carolina team. Yeah. But, you know, they return everybody. So okay. Yeah. They were 9-9 nine and nine to finish the regular season last year. Or maybe they were 9-9 nine and nine to finish the season. Yeah. And they were a seven seed. So, okay, like you, you return everyone. Well, it's kind of like seven it's kind of like Indiana a little bit last year, right? Indiana. Yeah, but like Hood Shafino unlocked a lot yeah. for them. Um, so, yes, you return. They're, you know, they have probably the highest floor uh, of the teams coming back in the Big Ten, but I, I, don't, I, I always caution myself because we do this, right? Like after the Final Four is done, you see Norlander and some of these guys dropping their top 25 and like yeah. FAU's fifth. Yeah. And it's, just, it's all the guys that just, you know, haven't had guys announce that they're leaving or going to the portal um, or it's got, or it's teams that have gotten some guys out of the portal. I mean, Purdue is like ranked fourth um, in, in those. And like, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I was, I was holding and holding and holding. I, I, you and I talked, I think after the first couple games of the season, I'm like, I don't see it with Purdue. And then they just kept freaking winning. Yeah. And then finally I felt vindicated in the NCAA tournament, but um, yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen. Uh, we'll see if somebody releases another fake Jeff Brazello account announcing people are going into the portal. That seems to be the new thing. <laughs> I that don't seems get to be it, the thing Mike. people like a lot. I mean, it's, I it's, get it. you know, it's everybody wants to be quick to no. retweet the news. And, and I know, I think all of us have fallen for it in some capacity. So We'll see, man. It's yeah. you know, I, I love the rankings when teams have like four players on the team. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think more of the real rankings probably come from June and July when rosters are pretty much set, and now you can actually project. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. It's it's going to be a the I mean, what is it? April twelfth, eleventh, yeah, eleventh. I mean, we got. We're not even close to being Matthew done. Meyer committed on May twenty seventh. Yeah, we're not even close, man. So Terrence uh, Shannon committed can, on April twenty eighth, I think. Yeah, there's a lot going to be different, but it's funny that Terrence coming back feels like a massive portal commitment, right? Like it, oh, it kind of yeah. has the, or probably even more so because if, if Terrence Shannon the, entered the portal, would he be like Hunter Dickinson? I mean, he, I mean, he can he can do that, right? I could. He's already transferred. I think, once. That, I think that's something. That, I think that's. I don't think it's going to happen. Do it. No, because he do it, he seems pretty locked in. Like, but Hunter Dickinson's the number one guy in the transfer portal. I can't argue with that. Shannon would be two if he. I'm I'm just putting this into like value perspective. Oh, you talk about a first team all first team all Big Ten guy basically that's 17, 18 a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he vaults. He vaults way up there. I mean, be top I think, five guy. You know, Ace Miss. Ace Miss is up there, and it sounds like I'm hearing rumblings that Texas might be the destination for him which kind of spurred the arterial arterial morris hmm. um transfer i i didn't realize that texas hired frank hayes um <laughs> i didn't either. who who apparently is like thick as thieves with with ace miss no so can recruit. go figure yeah. um and marcus carr is gone so that could be a hunter ace miss backcourt i know i know a lot of people think he may be going to wichita and follow paul mills there but um I don't know. Like, there's still a lot of guys out there that are willing down their list. I know. I know. TJ Bomba would have been another good guy mm -hmm. to get, but 
you know, if, if he's getting an inkling that Shannon's coming back, then maybe Illinois didn't make sense for him. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's clearly – They got a plan. Is, they, like, yeah. And here's um, – what point guards are a perfect fit, draft entered or not, dream one? Listen, we've heard the speculation. Like, I, I mentioned the name, like the draft guys. Like Ray J. Dennis, if he decided to enter the portal – would be like a go-to, like, yeah, go get that guy. Right. Um, you know, I know there's rumors swirling about Tyre Campbell. He has not entered the portal. But, of course, if he entered the portal, yes, you're going to be interested in a guy like that. So um, those guys, like, that that's the caliber of guy that I think Illinois wants to land and I think they're capable of landing. It's just we got to see who enters the portal. could be a completely different name than no one's talking about right now. Yeah, if Dennis and Campbell enter the portal, I mean, that's – I think we do this a lot with the portal – and I, I'm even guilty of it. Yeah. Where the second a guy enters the portal, like whether it's Kirk Kriza or like somebody like that, where you're like, man, okay, could Illinois? And then you think about it, you're like, why does that make sense? Like what, like what? You know, Meyer had the, you know, that was a that was a Brad Underwood connection. Yeah. Right, Terrence Shannon. That's you know, it's Tim Anderson. There's like there's familiarity there. So as much as we want to throw nil around and say, hey, you know, this this guy came here, but. There's still relationships still mean a lot because these guys want to have roles that and, and and be around people that they trust. So Tiger Campbell, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, committed to Tim Anderson, right? At DePaul? He committed to Paul. I don't know if Tim was there. Um, but Tim was there while he was committed at some point. So yeah, but, I mean he obviously And even knows. beyond that, even beyond that, Midwest yeah, roots from Iowa, right? Cedar Rapids, so yeah. Makes sense. Dennis is from, you know, from the state. So those those make more sense than some of the other ones that maybe theorize. We're like an LJ Cryer. That was probably. I mean, I know it sounded like Brad maybe recruited him a little bit. Yeah, and that was more just like Matthew school. Meyer knows him, right? Baylor yeah, guys. Yeah, I was like, I in. think Matthew Meyer knows him, and that almost sounded like was going to be a sheer nil yeah. thing. And and Houston obviously got it done, but um, yeah, there's going to be beyond just those two names. There's going to be guys, and and look, there's going to be. As opposed to guys, as opposed to guy, as opposed to guys coming out in mid March, these guys that come out late. If you've been patient, not a there's lot. Less, there's less places to go, yeah. and there's less places that make sense. So um, that's the benefit of it. Now, you, you don't want to go all the way to the 25th hour and be like, oh, like let's go grab anybody. But I think there's a plan in place, and, and I think they've positioned yeah. themselves pretty well. So uh, David asks, how much uh, NIL are they getting? I don't know. Like those Who's the, they? <laughs> I think Damask and, and uh, Harmon is who he's referring to, but we don't know those things. You can hear things, but you just don't know. Obviously, it's part of part of this process, Mike. It's a big part of the process for, for some of the top guys. Um, and, and if you come to Illinois – got a decent chance of making good NIL if you perform um, and, you know, if you're a good player. That's And that's what you mentioned right there is you hit on a good point. If you perform. I know I, I'm not going to name any names, and this doesn't have anything to do with Illinois, but, uh, you know, there was a, a transfer that went mid-major to high-major and signed a – I say signed $100,000 NIL deal and I think made 2500 bucks this year. Because the demand still has to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can capitalize whether it's merch, whether it's like no one's going to buy your merch if you've had, you know, three straight DMPs. Um, that's just how this works. So, you know, the idea is that the number that they're signing for, the number that they're committing to, at least in the way I like the way I understand it is it's not like, hey, thanks for committing. Here's your $300,000 right. direct deposit. It's like we're going to have 
$300,000 worth of opportunity for you. And that's how we kind of divvy this up. But, you know, if the demand's not there for it, then, and that's, you know, that's the market, right? Like that's, that's how this is going to correct itself. So, um, and, and I think all the numbers that are floating out there, I, I'd say over 90% of them aren't true. Right. Um, you know, maybe what a guy's committing to maybe is like, there's a 5% chance that that's what he ends up getting. Uh, so all of that, that this market's going to have a massive correction in terms of what those like, Hey, you know, I committed for 300, but it's yeah. really probably 120. Well, and, um, and like, you know, the icon, they sign deals with guys, but they got to show up to these events and they got to do all these events. Sure. So like those football guys making pretty good money that, that return, but they got to show up to these events and do those things. But, uh, it's pretty, pretty good guaranteed, um, for them, but all those guys performed to, to get those deals. So that's where this, this transfer portal of basketball is, is, is maybe a little bit different, but it's interesting, uh, nonetheless, but we just don't, we're not privy to exactly what those deals look like. So. Yeah, and I but I you know I do know there's a lot of uh, non-truths yeah, out there. I'm sure uh, you do. <laughs> just in the world of college basketball, and and there's there's certain that there's certain collectives or deals that will deliver, and when they do deliver, that gives them more credence. And guys hear about that, and because yeah. I think that's what this is going to turn into, right? Is these guys that sign for X Y Z, they go to a school. And if it starts to become a thing with that school that, Hey, no, it's not really what, yeah. what they're promising flip side of that, the schools that man are really delivering on NIL. And even if it's, Hey, we can offer you 150 and they get you the 150. That, that means more than we offered you 300 and we're getting you 150. Yeah. Um, like that's, so that's going to become even more important. So I, I'm curious to see if schools start getting a reputation for that because Miami has been super public yeah. super public with what they've offered and and you know nigel pack was whatever two years he seemed pretty happy <laughs> yeah i mean it seems like they may have matthew meyer seemed pretty happy delivered on some of that yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out the landscape is I, I talked to a lot of college coaches in this business and the landscape has changed um you know, it's not what they got into it for, but it's it's adapt or die at this point. So there's always so many NBA jobs. So that's yeah, no kidding. <laughs> if you want to coach basketball, um, and you don't want to do it at the high school level, like yeah, college is still you got to adapt to it. Michael Tulip, you are the goods man. Thanks for the insight on the new transfer. Some thoughts on uh, where they go from here. Uh, maybe we'll catch up in a few weeks and do this again, man. Because. Uh, I bet a lot's going to change in a few weeks. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, for sure. It will change. <laughs> all right. Thanks, to everybody, for watching on the YouTube channel. Almost 300 all the way in, almost an hour into this thing. Give us a like on the way out. Subscribe to us. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer Podcast. Bye, everybody.